Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. At uh, six o'clock and uh, watch Children's Spotlight and they have influenced some of the things they say. And uh, so anyway, we enjoy that a whole lot and we're looking forward to that tonight. Let's find Mark chapter number 12. I'm so glad that you're here today and um, we've prayed for today and you've prayed for today and... um, we want God to meet with us during this time, and I've already, I, I don't say this lightly, I, I just, I'm, I'm touched by the presence of the Lord and what he's doing in our hearts, and you say, I don't know what you're feeling. Um, well, I, I, when we go to prayer here in just a second, just ask the Lord to help you get in on, on what God is doing. And um, it's a special thing when you know God is working. It's a special thing. Mark chapter number 12 and verse number Uh, verse number 41 is where I want you to be and I'd like for you to stand and let's read uh, several verses here I'm going to say some things uh, I'm going to go into chapter number 13 make a a statement there that I want us to catch but I'm not going to preach on it but I'd really like to preach on it but I'm just I'm not going to have time Mark chapter 12 and verse number 41 Jesus sat over against the treasury and uh, beheld how the people cast in Uh, cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which makes a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, the twelve, and uh, remember, in the cross-reference to this is Luke chapter number 21, and so this is later in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. In fact, it's in the middle of the Passover week, so we're getting really close to his death. So he calls over his disciples and saith unto them, Verily, or truly I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast, uh, cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance... But she of her want, or her lack, or of her poverty, did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Now, I'm going to read on in chapter number 13, but I want, I want you to catch something. If you had observed this with Jesus and the disciples, um, what would have followed next would have kind of, I don't know, for me, it would have been just kind of a, muted, a, 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 a mutedness been like wow well that's a pretty special lady right there i don't know her at all but just observing that's a pretty special lady right there she must think pretty pretty highly of of god and the things of god that's a pretty special lady right there chapter 13 look at it and as they went out of the temple did you catch that word as so they're leaving that scene and as they went out of the temple One of his disciples saith unto him, Master, I don't know which disciple it was. Master, 
Uh, See what manner of stones and what buildings are here? Do you catch this? Uh, Jesus? Boy, these are pretty awesome buildings around here. In Luke, it actually says, see what manner of buildings and, and stones. And by the way, they were big stones. Can you guys give me the Temple Mount, the picture of the Temple Mount? This is, a, this is an illustration. But the Temple Mount, I mean, it was something to behold. And it was large. It was a, a complex. It was a campus. He was in the court of the Gentiles when that scenario happened with the widow. But the stones, I mean, mammoth. And how that all happened, it's just, it's mammoth. It's amazing. And see all this? And then, and in Luke, it says, and, and what gifts? Literally, the word gifts in the uh, book of Luke, the, the donations, or you could do it in our day. Have you ever walked out of a building and seen a memorial plaque? Do you see all the, the gifts that made this all happen? Do you see the memorial plaques and the, 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 the amazingness that brought all this together? Do you see all this? Look what Jesus says in verse number two. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Seest thou this great, these great buildings? There shall not one be left, one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. He was prophesying something, the, the Roman destruction of Jerusalem. Not one. You get enamored, guys, with all these buildings and this edifice. I have a purpose in this world that goes far beyond buildings. It includes buildings but goes far beyond buildings, right? Far beyond buildings. And we just saw a widow cast in all of her living, and you guys are enamored with the big donors and the big givers and the, big, the bigness of this, this edifice and this campus. You're, you're amazed by all, you're dazzled by all this physical stuff. Hold up, stop, and he gets all the way to the end of chapter 13. He says, hey, I want you to watch and be sober because you don't know the hour that the Son of Man is coming. What Jesus challenges them with in chapter 13 is, hey, you need, a, you need to drop the temporal perspective. You need to get focused on what is truly eternal. And so let's go back and allow the Lord to do that in our hearts through the story of this widow. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill the elephant in the room before we even, we even sit down and before we pray. Some, some this morning will bristle at this message because your first need this morning is first to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You have not given your life to him. There are some of you as believers that will bristle at this message because you have not submitted your heart to Jesus Christ. God is not a money-hungry individual after your pocketbook. He is not. He's after your heart. He's after your heart. And in this month, we're leading towards something that God has put on our heart for our church family. April 3rd is an offering. And again, I'm preaching this this morning to help us to have a heart for God and a heart for the things of God, not a building. It includes a building. I'm sure thankful for this building this morning, aren't you? Aren't you thankful for those pews? You're going to sit down in just a second, if the preacher will ever let us. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful we can be out of the rain? Yeah, amen. It's not raining today. It was yesterday. But the fact of the matter is, if there's a bristling in your heart this morning, at God's word, do not blame the preacher. Take it up with God. And I don't say that callously. Please take it up with God, because God has a spiritual work to do in your heart. And he wants to, 
man, there is amazing, amazing blessing on the other side of that work. I promise you that, because I've been through that. I used to bristle, especially as a teenager. My dad would say, hey, you need to make sure that you're tithe. Tithing, Dad? You talk to me about that. Bristled, man, if I could just do. You know, there was an amazing blessing came when submitted my heart to God and gave him everything my whole life. And then it was all amazing how that, what God asked about finances didn't really matter anymore. Pretty amazing. God is good. So let's ask him to help us this morning. Father, we want to have an eternal perspective. We do not want to have a temporal perspective. We don't want to even, thank you for the floor that you gave us. But Lord, that floor isn't everything. It's just, it's, it's a, a temporal blessing for your use. Lord, we thank you for it. We give you praise for it. We give you praise for the laborers this past week. We give you praise. But Lord, lift us up above the physical and the temporal. Help us not to get enamored with stones and buildings and, and, and big donors and all, all that. Lord, I pray that you would give us a perspective that is yours and what you're trying to do in this community. And Lord, more than in this community right now, Lord, we're inside this, this room. You are doing something inside of this room. We want, we want you to do that all the way this morning. May your will be done on earth right now in this facility, in this place, in this room, just like it is always done in heaven. And we ask for you to do that. Would you quiet our hearts before you? And would you meet with each person that's here, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. So Jesus is in the court of the Gentiles. And if you can show that again, guys, it's, uh, it's a large open area. There's columns all around, beautiful area. And it is bustling with people because it's Passover week. Many say that Jerusalem probably swelled, uh, doubled in population during Passover week. Passover was the commemoration of them coming out of Egypt when they had to paint the blood at the, uh, the doorpost of their house. And when the death angel came through Egypt to take the firstborn of every uh, Egyptian, he would see the blood on the Israelite doors. And the Bible says when the death angel would see the blood, he would pass over that house. And so we have the commemoration of the Passover. It's a picture of when Jesus' blood is applied to your life. When you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you've been rescued from your sins, Jesus sees that, God sees that, and he passes over. There's no more condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. There's no more death sentence against you. You've been made righteous, declared righteous before a holy God. And so that's what's going on. They're all commemorating that, though they didn't all believe it and understand it, and they didn't, certainly didn't understand the fact that Jesus, the final Passover lamb, was in Jerusalem in their presence and would be going to the cross and dying on the Passover. Pretty amazing stuff. But uh, that was going to be happening, and, and, and this is the week of celebration. So all these worshipers, all these uh, folks that feared God and wanted to be in Jerusalem were there, and on this day, Jesus was in the court of the Gentiles, and the Bible says that he was just kind of watching over against the treasury. In other words, he's on the, the opposite side from the treasury, and he's watching from a distance all the worshipers that are in Jerusalem who are there for very pure and sincere reasons to worship and celebrate the Passover, but they were coming and they were bringing in 
free will offerings. We're not talking about tithes at this point. The tithe is the 10% that God asks us to give back to him, to honor him, saying, I recognize that everything I have is yours, but I give back a 10% to you for your purposes. And, and that has been something that even before the law, God has, uh, that has been a part of a principle that has been a part of scripture. And we do well to honor God with that. That's something I, I tell you, just because I'm a preacher, it uh, doesn't mean I get a pass on that. I, I do it, and I gratefully do it. And I, I use our online here. Uh, I gratefully do it to help support what God is doing here, to print, uh, to print Easter flyers like are available out there, uh, what, to keep the lights on, to keep air conditioning, to keep things going in this, in this place. We gratefully do that to be a part, of the, to a part of the work of God. But we're not talking about tithes here. We're talking about free will offerings. And there's times where, in the life of God's work, free will offerings are needed for particular needs. Like we preached on two weeks ago on the matter that Moses comes down off the mount, and God had given him instruction to lead the children of Israel in building the tabernacle, the place where God would choose, mm, choose to dwell on earth with his people. That's amazing to me that he would choose to do that. But he wanted them to build a tent for him to come down and dwell among the children of Israel in the center of camp. And he says, here's how it's going to happen. I'm going to have you to lead them to bring offerings, gold, silver, brass, badger skin, and red dyed, uh, dyed fabric, and uh, goat hair, and all this stuff together for the building of this, of this uh, tabernacle. And so you're going to lead them in, in this. And, and it got very, very practical. That was a free will offering. God said, whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring. So he does not coerce. He says, whoever is of a willing heart. Listen, God does not need your coerced money. He doesn't. He doesn't need a, a, a grouchy gift. He doesn't. You that are cheerful in the heart, just give back to the Lord and be hilariously happy about it. I mean, praise the Lord. What a blessing it is to fill out Satan. You know what? I know that this is going to a work that is far beyond me and far bigger than me. I know that this, just this morning, we got to share the gospel with somebody that needed it. You know what? That's the work in the life of the church. That's the work of the church. It's, it's fantastic. We've been seeing people come to the Lord Jesus Christ over the last several, uh, several weeks. That's the work of the church. People are witnessing and, and, and sharing with another, one another. That's the work of the church. All that is a part of something that we get to support that's much, much bigger than us. So this is a free will offering. So Jesus is standing back and he's watching all this. Now, um, the receptacles or the treasury is really the word for receptacles. So there, was, there were receptacles there in the, in the temple and uh, they say that the receptacles uh, were shaped, and there were 13 of them, and they were kind of like the, these horn-shaped receptacles. So um, do understand that they, they clanged a little bit uh, as, as money was dropped in, and uh, certainly there were some religious leaders that delighted in the clanging a little bit more, right? a little bit childish in their, in their, in their giving and just uh, casting in and all this clanging going on. So you, you can imagine, you can just imagine the, the sound of this happening as all these coins and different coinage is, is going in, and Jesus is watching this sight. And that's the context of, of Mark chapter 12, verse number 40, 41. He's there at the temple watching these worshipers. They're worshiping and remembering the Passover many of them completely blind to the fact that the Passover lamb was on the temple mount. 
and would be dying for their sins in a very short amount of time. Just amazing. But he's watching this, and I want us to know something about, about our Jesus today. And more than about giving, this message is about your relationship with him, but we're going to talk about giving. I want you to notice that Jesus observed their giving. Jesus observed their giving. Giving is an outflow of our relationship with, with God. And this, this widow woman that we're going to study this morning, we ought to emulate her, but let's start with the fact that Jesus was sitting over against, on the other side of the treasury, watching all this happen, and he's observing their giving. I want you to notice that Jesus observed how they gave. Look at verse number 41. I'm not pulling anything out of Scripture. It says, and Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld what? All right. Everyone, look at your Bibles this morning. If you don't have one, grab one from your neighbor. Here we go. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld what? Very good. How the people cast money into the treasury, okay? So can we say that Jesus was observing how they were giving? Yeah, it's right there. He said it. I didn't. He said it. I'm observing how they're giving. I'm observing everything that's going on and, and how they're casting, casting the money into the receptacles. He beheld. The Bible, uh, the idea of beheld is the same as today. If you behold something, you're looking with intention. And, and it typically isn't a glance. The Bible did not say he glanced at how they were giving. He beheld how they were giving. He looked with attention. He was watching this. And the Bible word really just carries out the idea that this was going on for some time. Now, Jesus was people-watching. Have you ever people-watched? How many of you would admit it this morning? I just love people-watching. Okay, now, what about the rest of you? You just, you, you just kind of mind your own business? Everyone, to a certain extent, watches people, like, you, you know, as a student of people. Now, some people are a student of people, and they know every in and out. I, I saw um, someone breaking down a, a person's reaction, and they were breaking down how, how they smiled and how their eyes, uh, you know, uh, eyes were, weren't as wide as their mouth, and so it was an insincere smile. And, you know, people like, man, that person, you know, some, pe uh, some people really people watch, okay? I mean, that's pretty intense, uh, 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 people watching. But Jesus was people watching. And you know what? He has right to. And he, he doesn't watch just the physical, the, the exterior. He sees everything. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest, made open in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto him, uh, unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The idea is he sees everything. He is, nothing is hid from his eyes. And when we say that Jesus observes how they gave, well, that's kind of an understatement. He sees everything that we do, and yes, even our giving. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. He sees the, the choices we made to sin against him this week. He sees the choices we made to honor him this week. He sees it all. He sees it all. He is an all-seeing God. That is either to you this morning the most terrifying thought in all the world, or it's a very reassuring thought. If you're his child today, it's likely a reassuring thought. I should say this. If you're his child today with a heart to please him, didn't say you're perfect, with a heart to please him, it's likely a very blessed thought. Thank you. I'm glad my heavenly father watches over me. I'm glad he knows my name. I'm glad he knows the number of hair or the lack of hair that's on my head. Right? I'm glad he knows all about me. He sees. But he says, 
He observed how, in what manner. He saw the happy ones. He saw the grouchy ones. He saw the arrogant ones who cast their money in the, in the thing and kind of looked around to see who was, who was watching and taking in their, their generosity. He saw the embarrassed ones who might have tossed something in were just kind of like, I don't want to see, uh, I don't want uh, people to see how little I, I gave and saw the embar- um, maybe the embarrassed ones. He saw how, and Jesus is watching how we worship him today. He's watching how we give to him even today. He's watching how we give to him on a regular basis. He watches all of that. He watches how we do that. In what manner? Is it with joy or is, is it duty? Because that's just the Christian thing to do. And if I don't, I'll feel bad. No, he sees how we are worshiping him for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of him whose heart is perfect toward him. He's looking Who is the one who has a heart that is toward me? Who's the one that has a heart that just, I just want to please my God. I just want to love my Savior well. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a, what do you remember? Cheerful giver. He saw it all. He saw it all. And reason God writes that down for us today is because, yeah, he sees the grouchy ones. He sees the ones that do it of necessity. Well, I just got to. He sees it all. He knows how that we give. But notice, Jesus did not just observe how the people gave, but he noticed who specifically gave. He already noted for us in verse number 41, he was watching how the people, the people gave, the multitudes of people there, these worshipers, how they gave. He noticed the young and the old. He noticed the grandparents. He noticed the mom. He noticed the dad. He noticed the strong. He noticed the children. He noticed the teenager. He saw it all. He saw who gave specifically. And then he notes some specific individuals. He says, I I noticed that many, many rich people were were giving there in verse number 41. how, How many that were rich... Well, they were participating in this whole giving and throwing money into the, the 13 horn-shaped receptacles. I, I noticed that. And, and you know what? If we were fundraising in, in a worldly con, uh, context or you know, maybe for an organization, we would want these folks that Jesus mentioned in verse number 41 to be on our side. We want them to be in our corner. We want them on our fundraising team. We, we oftentimes think of the well-to-do that they can make all the difference in the world. Now let's just deal with that for a second. We really are like that. We think humanly, we really think, oh, here's a big need. If we could just get that person to write a check or if, if they could just really understand what's going on, then, then all the difference could be made. And we look at these individuals, the many rich who are casting in. Jesus saw them giving, uh, giving the money, but he didn't just see them. He didn't just see them. He noticed this one lady. I don't know if she walked with a cane. She was a, 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 a poor widow lady. And the Bible says a certain widow lady. She had a name. Jesus was not telling a story here. This was a, a woman who had been through hardship. And I know we have widows in our, in our group today. And you know what it is to experience the loss of your dearest friend. 
and there's pain there. And there's memories that you can share and you can, you can enjoy and you can even gather in this place, but there's still something that makes heaven all the more sweet, doesn't it? Because there I'll get to see my loved one again. But I'm talking about a widow who, who had a, a life of hurt. She understood what it was to bear a burden. He saw her. By the way, this isn't the direct application of this, this message, but I just want you widows to know that Jesus still sees you. And he commissions our church to be your helper, to be your support. And I just say publicly once and again, if there is a need that we don't know of that we're not meeting, we believe that it is our duty before God, congregation, to care for that need. Are you with me? And a simple noting one of our deacons saying, hey, I got this need. It, it's not a bother. But Jesus still sees you. We wish we were all knowing. Or not. Jesus sees you. And he sees this poor widow lady. And you know what? To the, to the fundraising of society, we look and see this lady's contribution and be all, oh, that's pretty nice. That's sweet. She participated. You know, really all in all, the world is pretty harsh. The way it views things. Well, they're going to get a donor plaque. One of those stones going to have so-and-so's name on it. Widow, that was sweet. Thanks for coming today. Mm. But who did Jesus notice? Wow. You know, whether you're rich or poor, God observes. He observes our giving. He observes our giving. I don't know. God does. We don't know. God does. And he observes this widow lady. So he observed how, he observed who, but notice in verse number 41 as well, and many that were rich cast in much, verse number 42, and she, this widow lady, threw in two mites which make a farthing, and so he also noticed what they gave. He noticed what they gave. The rich cast in much by human standards, it's just as God said, it was much. It was a lot. It made a whole lot of sound going down. And it was just a whole lot of clanking going down those, those, those uh, receptacles. Wow! Have you ever been in, uh, uh, it was Costco, I think it was. When you get one of those rotisserie chickens from the back, do you know why they put those in the back? Do you know why? You walk through the store and get all sorts of things, and then they ask you this really crazy question. Did you come and find what you needed? folks are really good at sales you know so the chickens all the way in the back you bring that chicken up and you know what they do they praise people for buying that chicken sometimes some costcos and they all the cashiers will cheer i know it, it, it it's happened to us they'll cheer for the person that bought this 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 uh this cooked bird 
and <laughs> they cheer for it, you know, and it's just like all this sound. I can just imagine as all this clanking's going on there at the temple, you know, like people are like, yeah, look at, look at what he just gave. That's pretty awesome, and hey, way to go, and you know, high five and that type of thing, and so that's, that's going on. It was wowable. I know that's not a word, but it, you know, it's just, it's like, wow, these people really, these people really contributed. Now we can go somewhere. I mean, the uh, Temple Mount's going to be much better because of what they gave. It was worthy of a donor plaque. It was worthy of a, a letter. But then there's that certain poor widow that threw in two mites. Threw two mites. It doesn't even sound like much. You can't make two mites sound like a lot. I don't know if it even registered a sound going down. They were so small. If, if, I, if I could give in perspective, I mean, it, it's smaller than one of our, our, our pennies. It was so small that you could hardly read the inscriptions on them. They were just tiny little coins. And what's amazing, this was, and guys, if you'll, if you'll show me those coins, uh, this was... The, the smallest denomination, you have the, the denarius that was considered a day's wage, okay? And so a person would get that in today. The bronze lepton or the, or the mite, as we're referring to it here in Scripture, um, was one, one twenty-eighth. One, one twenty-eighth of a denarius, like you could you could use a you could use a, a a couple of mites to buy a public bath, like it just it wasn't worth anything. I mean it's it's like pennies are today. You 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 discard pennies. We we go to the zoo and we put them through machines and smash them. Right. When I was a kid, you'd put them on the railroad tracks and watch the train come by. They. They would be hot and steamy after that. I mean, it's just amazing. But why? Because, because they, they, even to a kid, they hardly have worth. Unless you're bringing them to the loose change offering for the kids. <laughs> then they make a difference. <laughs> one one twenty eight, And she casts that in. She throws it in, the Bible says. She throws it in. Now, well, the world looks on, and well, others might look on, and like, oh, that was nice, move along, let the, let the wheelbarrows come with their change and throw it in. Jesus notices this lady, what she gave. And we do well to remember Jesus still observes what we give. Now, that's not my, my responsibility is not to be concerned with what you give. My responsibility is to be concerned with what I give between me and God. And he notices what they gave. He sees our tithe. He sees our free will offerings. He sees us when we're out in town and he prompts our hearts to bless somebody. And whether we do it generously or not. Have you ever had someone pay for your meal somewhere and you're like, well, that was pretty awesome. I'm going to go on my way. Do you think that God might have blessed you so you could bless somebody else? 
hold on, you know what? Maybe I'll just leave that, what I was going to pay for my meal, maybe I'll leave that for the waiter because I don't know what she's going through. And God prompts the heart and you're like, hold on, well, that was a pretty cool blessing. I'd sure like to take that blessing and, and go do something with it. God sees what we give. He sees what we receive in the way of unexpected blessings. He sees how we keep it or whether we pass it on. He sees all of it. Whether we're rich or poor, he sees what we give. You see very much, this is not about how much money you have. Giving in the context of God's economy is not about how much money you have. If Jesus noticed this poor widow lady who came in and cast in her two mites, and the Bible says it was all her living, we'll get to that, but if she was noticed for that, do you think that God might notice when you give a little bit, sacrificially? Yeah, he does. Of all the people giving in Jerusalem that day, Jesus commends not a dozen, but one. Think about that. Of all of our giving today to the Lord, is Jesus finding any of it commendable? I think it's a worthwhile question. If Jesus were watching, and he is, would he say, wow, right there, that's, that, that pleases me. So Jesus commended the widow's giving. Verse number 44, well, let's go to verse 43. And he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Jesus is a master just using life illustrations to teach a lesson. And that's why he, he put this in scripture for us 2,000 years later to learn this lesson. Isn't that pretty awesome? So he calls his disciples, a disciple is a committed follower of Jesus Christ, one who has surrendered everything to Jesus Christ, one who has said, hey, I'll follow you no matter what. Okay, we all want to be that. We should want to be that. So he calls them together. Guys, I want to say something. Truly, I'm going to say this. I mean, this is true. Like the Son of God actually had to say this is true because God is not a liar. There's no iniquity in him. He's full of truth. But he says, this is true, what I'm going to say, that this poor widow, and I don't know whether he's pointing or if it was very obvious who she was, but that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all which gave their uh, cast in uh, into the treasury. I can imagine the disciples had heard all the clanging as well. What? What did you see that we didn't see? Oh, we hardly even heard her donation. It didn't even register. They might not even count it in the, in the donation count. They might just cast aside. It's hardly worth it. It hardly adds anything to this. Now, I want us to know something. Verse 44. He talks about all they that cast in of their abundance. You notice that Jesus did not commend great 
philanthropy. He did not commend the, these big, generous donations that were coming in. He did not commend them. The world does that very well. Have you ever been in, into a church where there's plaques everywhere? This was donated by this person. This was donated by this person. It's kind of a worldly concept, honestly. Uh, there's memories and, and, and so, uh, so on, but it, it's kind of a worldly concept to, to highlight what was given by who. Are you all with me on that? Because notice who gets noted. The people that give what? Yeah. I'd actually find that Jesus might be quite ashamed when he'd come into some of our American churches because we have the wrong mentality. And you know what it does? It takes people who don't have much and discourages them from being a part of something that's way bigger than themselves. It's pretty amazing. So he doesn't commend this philanthropy. Now, he does not say that the rich should not give, he just was unimpressed by it. That lady. I'm sure the rich were impressed. The Bible talks to us about them, Jesus saying it. Matthew 6 and verse number 1, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of men, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Boy, that just strips a whole lot of, you know, in, in our American-style churches, here this was given by this person. Kind of strips some rewards. Yeah? Well, that's what Jesus said. Therefore, when thou doest thy alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee. Where was he getting that? As the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have the glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Some of these folks are coming into the, into the Temple Mount. Da, 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 da. I have an offering. Yeah. You said they had the reward. They got the applause. Yay! Way to go! That was an awesome offering. They have their applause. Verse 3. But when thou doest thy alms... Let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. The idea is just give it to the Lord and let God take care of it. Because little is much when, it, when God is in it. And, I, and I, we sang that on purpose this morning. Little is much. Let God take care of it. Let God, just like he did with the, the boy, the little boy, the little boy with five loaves and two fishes, gives that to Jesus and God explodes that offering that practical offering to 5,000 plus people. God is bigger than what you give to him. And so none of this, ah, I want to be noticed. That is so human and so, so fleshly. God says don't do that. So it's not a matter of if we impress ourselves or others. It's a matter of do we impress God? Are we commendable to God? And I think that's a valid question today. Is my giving... I, I can't answer this for you, friends. I can only answer this for myself. And I've had to wrestle with this, too. Is my giving, my current, as an American, with a plush, a plush lifestyle compared to the rest of the world, is my giving commendable to my Father? Will you ask yourself the same question? So here's what happens. We see that God does not commend great philanthropy he does commend complete sacrifice. 
Now notice it with me. Verse number 43, when he called his disciples, he says, Verily, this is true, that widow has cast in more than all they that cast into the treasury. Why? For they cast in of their abundance. But she of her want, of her lack, of her poverty, did cast in all that she had, even all of her living. All, everything. She gave it all. Well, yeah, certainly she had a retirement account. No, she gave, gave it all. I'm not preaching against retirement accounts. Don't, don't, don't go there. I'm just saying. Certainly she had some more locked under the bed. Jesus, the God who never lies, told us that she gave everything. So let's just believe it. This is one incredible lady. No one thought that but Jesus. Mm, that's, that's amazing to me. Jesus is the one that sees this and points this out for us 2,000 years later. This lady had such a walk with God, such a heart for God, that she was willing to give up everything for him. All of her living. He explains it. Even all of her living. There was a couple of weeks ago um, on a Sunday night, and uh, this, this thought and illustration came to me um, yesterday that uh, one of the, the little children came up to me and uh, they had grabbed a, one of the envelopes and they had put some coins inside of it and they gave it to me. And I said, what's this for? Let's put it into the offering tonight. No, no, pastor, this is for preaching. And so I put it in my Bible and to just be fully transparent, that meant a big deal to him in some way, and um, that little boy taught me a lesson. Um, he goes uh, a little bit later on, he says, Pastor, you got, you got that, right? But you didn't say thank you. <laughs> that was a big deal to him. And I, I learned, and I won't forget that lesson in, in the world. I didn't mean not to, but you know, it just, yeah. But I, that thought, that story came to mind yesterday, and I thought, that little guy, I don't know what drove that, because that's not the tenor of this, you know, give, give, you know, pastor a, you know, a, a, a donation envelope for, for preaching. That, that's not the tenor. So, but Evidently, he wanted to do that, and sweet is what it was, sweet. But I got to thinking about that yesterday. I think sometimes our children are more like this widow than we are. I'm serious about that. And that actually disturbs me. Because literally, they can take their coins and they don't have more coins and give them. And why? And this is the thought that struck me because they know that there's more with dad. They know there's going to be food. Dad's going to take care of food on the table. Dad's going to buy me clothes. There's water. I have a bed. I have a house. Dad's going to take care of that. And I wonder how many more times Jesus looks down at Grace Baptist Church and looks at the children 
throwing in coins happily because we're buying a floor. And says, that little guy right there, he gave more than every adult in that room. I don't say that to whoop us. I say it because it's convicting me. It's real. This is not, giving is not about, you know, making a church great. We have a mission. We're here in this city. God put us here in this city with a cause. He's reignited that even in this year, giving us the vision to, do you remember, help me out, to win souls, help me out, to win souls, make disciples, and prepare for the harvest. Believing that there are souls needing to be won right here. Not believing it's way off in the distance, right here. And we have the pleasure, the beautiful pleasure of being a part of that. It's not about making Grace Baptist Church great. In fact, may God close the doors if we think that way. We have nothing to offer this community other than Jesus. And giving to make him known and to truly work as a church family to make him known, not just talk about it, but to make him known, to really be concerned about the friends in your neighborhood and at your workplace that they go to a place on Easter where they're going to hear the gospel preached and be offered the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ and then be offered the opportunity to grow in Christ through discipleship and to be a part of a church family where they can find their purpose in life. We give to that. We give for his purpose to be great in the earth, for his church to be built in the earth. Not, not just a building, it includes that. I've said over and over, uh, buildings don't change lives, but what happens inside them does. None of us, I'm going to say something that's a little bit crazy, it comes to mind, maybe I shouldn't say it, but we don't, we, in, in our day and age, we do care about the facility in which we meet. It matters. You don't go to a restaurant that's dirty and stinks. You don't hang out for conversation around the, uh, around the row of porta-potties at a, at, a, at a thing. It's just, it's gross. It, it, it's, it's not a pleasant place to be, right? right? You, the area, environment matters. So buildings don't change life. So what happens inside them does. I can, I can guarantee you, paint the white wall down there where the kids are meeting right now learning about influence, paint just all white walls and have them sit on the floor. It doesn't stimulate the mind as much as color and trees and, and benches and a, and a theme and a, and a beautiful place to meet and a screen presenting some things. It, it, it matters. A floor from 1950 versus a floor from today, it matters. We're not giving for that. We're giving for what matters, and that's Jesus Christ and making him known. And so when children have the opportunity to say, yes, I want to give to that, I want to be a part of that, I know kids are already raising money. They want to be a part of the offering for Adventure Camp. I haven't said anything about that. What's doing that in their hearts? It's amazing how giving kids are. And I just wonder how much the little kids of our church are out giving us and thereby, I, thereby getting the commendation of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus is not money hungry. He does not need your money to do his work. He needs your heart. And when he has your heart, he has everything about you. On April 3rd, our Conquerors Through Christ offering, and every other day of our lives, God is not looking for great philanthropy. He's looking for complete sacrifice. He's looking for complete sacrifice. The early church was a giving church. Acts chapter 4, there was needs among the congregation. They all gathered. There was no, no lack of, of provision because all the congregation got together and said, we have land, I have this, I have this, I can sell this, I can have a garage sale, and we're going to meet the needs. So that's what they did. Barnabas is noted there, and he, uh, he sold some land, and he helped out, but it, wasn't, it was everyone chipping in this way. What can I give? How can I help out? And the church met the needs that were represented there at that time, which happened to be at that time physical needs. There was someone who thought, hey, I want to get on this philanthropy. Uh, do you remember Ananias and Sapphira? God is not looking for great philanthropy. He is looking for complete sacrifice. He's looking for a Barnabas. He is not looking for an Ananias and Sapphira. They wanted a plaque. Barnabas just wanted to be a blessing. We find over in 2 Corinthians that the churches of Macedonia are noted in chapter 8, having given out of their trial and their great affliction and their, their poverty, and God is the one who, in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1, after giving us a whole story of our salvation, chapters 1 through 11 of Romans, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable service. That's what God's looking for. Not great philanthropy, he's looking for complete sacrifice. And friends, there's some of you today that need to start right with your own life. You are holding on to your life. You are holding on to your destiny. You're holding on to your ambitions. And right now, you need to say, God, I surrender all. Don't focus on the money. Well, if I give this, is God going to be happy? God is not looking for that. He's looking for a complete sacrifice. Complete sacrifice. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely, I freely give. That's what he's looking for. So there is a kind of free will offering that pleases God. Not every free will offering pleases God. There is one kind of free will offering that pleases God. There is one offering that will please God on April 3rd. There is one offering that pleases God today. There is one offering, and it's not of great philanthropy. It is of complete sacrifice. And you know who modeled that for us? Jesus himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There is only one sacrifice worthy of our Lamb, one sacrifice worthy of our, our Savior, one offering, I should say, and that is one of sacrifice. Sacrifice. God gave sacrificially, and he loves it. And can we just underscore, he loves it. When his children say, and I do too. 
And you know what? It warms our hearts to think about children doing that. But oh, that they would see adults. That they would have moms and dads that are saying, I, I give it all back to you too. Don't let the children outrun us. May we have that same heart and testimony. May we, may we make a free will offering that pleases, that pleases God. And you know what? When God is pleased, you're blessed. There is nothing in the world. There is nothing in the world. There is absolutely nothing in the world better than the smile of God upon your life. And I can guarantee you this. He is the one who said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You can give, you can give in a sacrificial way knowing my father's going to take care of my home. My father's going to take care of what I eat. My father's going to take care of my clothing just like a little child does. Just like a little child does. And friends, we want to grow forward in that way. And all about you, the Lord's touched my heart. I want to pray to him about it. And I'm going to invite you to pray about it too, okay? So let's bow and let's just stand to our feet. We're going to find this altar this morning. Lord, I want to be like a little child. I'm not going to ask you to even wait for music to play. I'd like for you just to find if the Lord's worked in your heart, and I know, I know he has. So I'd like to invite our church family. Church family, members, I'm talking to you. I'd like to invite our church family to come and talk to the Lord about this and to kneel down before his presence right here. People are already coming. I want to invite you to come too. Let's pray about this. Lord, Lord, I want to be like that, that widow that was commended. I want to be like, just like that. People are coming. I want you to come too. I want to encourage you to pray. Maybe you just kneel there at your feet, uh, seat. If you can't get out, it's time to just pray. Just do business with the Lord right now. I want to be like that widow. Maybe that's something you really have to pray through with the Lord. Not pray through so that to find out his will, but to pray through to give you the grace to trust him that much. All to Jesus I surrender being played right now. It was written by a man who had a life businessman, interested in art, struggled, 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 but gave his life to Jesus Christ. Surrendered everything, and the Lord gave him this song. Said, I basically had tried for, for years to, to be involved in art, yet when I gave my life to God, a song came deep within. When he gave his life to God, a song came from deep within. We've sung this song so many times, I Surrender All. But it was this song that was influential in William Borden of Yale to turn on his fortune and to become a, a Chinese missionary, to be used of God in a mighty, mighty way. Friends, your life in the hands of God, there is no telling what God can do. Your gift, your free will offering in the hands of God will go far beyond your ability. That's not just preacher talk, that's reality. It's over and over underscored in Scripture. Maybe today you need to make public that you're surrendering all to God.
I'm giving my life. I don't know where that leads. I don't know if that's full-time following after him. I don't know if that's a missionary. I'm going to surrender my whole life to God. I'm giving it back to him. Is there anyone here that would say this morning, no one looking around, but would say this morning, I've been holding on to my life. I've been holding on to my life. I've wanted it my way. I wanted to do it my way. I've been holding on to my dreams, my ambitions. But this morning I've realized I need to surrender it all to God. And by God's uh, grace and with his help, that's my heart today. That's my decision today. And you say with an upraised hand, that's me today. No one looking around. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? I've been holding on. But I realize I need to be like this widow. Give it all over to God. Starting with my life. Lord, I'm yours. Anyone else today? Let's sing that first stanza. I surrender all. All to Jesus. I surrender all to Him. I freely give. All to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely give I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live I surrender Let's be seated for a few moments here this morning. I hope that you received this card on the way in. You say, why are you giving this out again? Well, God provided these for us, and so I'm giving it to you um, so you have it in front of you. I asked the printer to print something else, and they duplicated the wrong order, and so I have a bunch of these. (laughs) And so there they are in your hands. But I would really love if you'd put this up on your refrigerator, as I've been doing, or put it in your, your prayer your prayer notebook, your devotional book, make sure that you're praying. We went over this on vision night. My purpose is not to go over it, but I want you to pay attention to this third section right here, this third section on the inside. I want you to pay attention on to that. And uh, we're going to talk about that for a moment. April 3rd is a couple of weeks away, and that is the, the Sunday we've been talking about is our Conquerors Through Christ offering. What's that all about? That offering specifically is towards what is going on on this third section, preparing for the harvest. And I'm just um, grabbing, uh, if you say, well, what are you, texting and, and talking? No, I am, I am actually looking so I can control the screens uh, for a second, all right? And so that's what's going on. I'm not, uh, yes, now we're in, we're, in, uh, we're in line here. So um, I want us to all be looking there and at that third section. And that third section, notice what it says there on your, your card, We envision making ministry and building adjustments by faith. By faith. By faith, we we realize, um, you know, it's not always based on what's seen, right? It's not always based on what's seen. It's based on what God is leading us to do, okay? And it's also based on his word, which is, there is a harvest. You can see those verses there. So by faith, for the coming harvest, what coming harvest? The harvest God said. He said there's a harvest. 
I didn't. He said there was. As together, meaning us as a church family, we fully obey the, wor- on the word and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, we have laid that out, and you can see that, and we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, do you notice the first goal there? Can someone tell me what the first goal there is? I had no idea what God was going to do in this church. I had no idea. All I know is, I know if we're going to go anywhere with God, we have to get on our knees more. And do you see what God has done? Do you not acknowledge that as a work of God over the past couple months? Brother Isaac prayed it, thanking God for that at the beginning of the service. You all know it. God is doing it, right? And he's changing our lives through it, right? I heard people that were going through trial this week say, but I prayed about it, but I prayed about it. I heard a man uh, tell me I was up most of the night and I was praying. I'm telling you, God is doing something and he's answering our goal and our our prayer. We have their uh, recruiting uh, and uh, training ministry uh, workers for to fill open uh, openings. And then we get to uh, item number three to prepare our third bus for for use that's getting it painted and and so on, the, the, the red and White one out there, God just this week is, is taking care of that need even further. I, I can't give all the details, but uh, God just this week is, is answering that prayer in specific, and it's moving along, brother. Frank's been working on that. It's moving along. It's getting, it's getting licensed on, on Monday. We'll get it to the mechanic, get it uh, you know, overviewed and so on. It's moving along. God, God is doing that. And so then we have this conduct a feasibility study, which is really just a study of our whole property, all five acres that we have, and just saying, God, what do you want us to do with this piece of property? We call in a, a firm, the McKnight Group, that would do a whole study of the property, and this study would enable us to consider how can we use this auditorium for maximum use? How can we grow in what God has given us? But Lord, do you want us to expand? Um, is, that, is that what you would like for us to do? Uh, there's lim- limits inside of this auditorium, but we need to know. Uh, a wise person will count the cost ahead of time. So part of the counting the cost and saying, Lord, what do you want to do in the future is getting a feasibility study. Every one of you that have worked in business understand the importance of a feasibility study and where you're doing a site plan and you're thinking about that. So that site plan costs, but that's something that we believe that the Lord would want us to do uh, this, this year, as well as getting the, you know, the steps, the Lord help us with the plan to get the steps back down the street uh, and get, uh, enable street parking last Easter we had not one parking spot left in, the, in the, the parking lot. What do we do with that? Wouldn't it be nice if people could walk some steps up to the front entry? Or does God not want us to do that because he wants us to expand in another way? Well, the, the feasibility study will help us to understand that. There's a lot more knowledgeable people than me and than us, so we, we hi, uh, hire them to help us out with that. They catch our vision. They, um, they come in, they study uh, with our deacons, with myself. What is the vision of the church? Where do you want to go? Now, how can we make sure that the building supports that vision? Why? Because buildings don't change lives, help me. What happens in them does, right? And so we, we asked about that. We have on there about the, the raising the, repla- uh, the roof, uh, the replacement for the roof. I'd really like us to have a feasibility study so we know where we're going and, and how the Lord wants us to handle this whole thing with a roof. The roof is a pretty big chunk, but all that in God's time as he would lead us through that to update and expand the camera system. This is much for insurance reasons. Every classroom in this um, building 
it will have a camera system. In order to do that, we have to up, uh, update the network to support that. And so that's kind of, that's actually one of the more costly things on this. So you say, that's a small thing. I could do that for $500 from Costco. And it would work like $500 from Costco, right? You know, it needs to be something that is done well and is reliable and, uh, and, and will uh, to provide safety and accountability within, within, our, within our building for the glory of God. And this is something uh, that largely hinges on wanting to, to make sure that we are constantly doing the best thing for the children that God brings into our, into our ministry, okay? We're asking God to fill another bus. want to make sure that we're on the right page there. Are you all in agreement with me on that? So it costs money. And to install the new, new flooring in the West Wing? Not done. Don't say done. There's some loose ends down there. You walk down there, there's some loose ends. There's some cove base that some guys need to come together and do. But it is, it's laid. There's some other adjustments and so forth. I don't know who said that. I'm not getting on you. It is down, okay? <laughs> Jeff, did you say that? Oh, good. It, it is down, okay? It looks great, and praise God. But God did that, friends. I had no idea that God was going to do that so quickly to install the play area in, the, in the, um, the twos and threes. So the twos and threes are combined with the fours and fives right now, and we want to get that painted and updated looking like a Noah's Ark. And so there's some work. If you're looking for a place to, to help out pitch in, uh, there, there's some work that needs to happen there to update the mission center. And so that's some of the things that are practical things moving forward. All well, we're sharing the gospel Grab your Easter flyers on the way out. I hope, uh, guys, the ushers, if you can have those in hand so you can give those to people as they leave. Uh, share the gospel. Make disciples. Be discipling. Meeting people for discipleship. Talk to me about that if you're interested in that. But all while we're doing this, we can expect God to bring a harvest, and he is. I, 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 I see that. He is. And so we have to make some adjustments along the way. You say, well, what's this offering all about? The needs that I've just laid out here run about $35,000. You say, well, where are we going to get money like that? By casting in your two mites sacrificially. I'm not made of money. You're not made of money. My God is. So let's just test him. Do you know that he gave us that floor? Three plus dollars per square foot for that floor down there. Do you know how much he gave it to us for? $1.25 per square foot, commercial flooring. Is God big enough? What about the labor? Well, he gave us a man that came to help us and lead to our men in doing it. And some of you men worked a lot this week to do that. Praise God. Thank you. God's big enough. You know what we have to do? We have to just take some steps of faith. Trust and obey. Listen. I'm laying this to you. I'm presenting this to you and telling you that number. Now, the roof is about 147000 is the estimate right now, right? So uh, the perspective of April 3rd is everything, 2022, right? And if God will bless us and he will multiply, then we have something to put towards that. But the perspective is right here first. This is what we're asking God to do. My God's big enough to do that. 2019, he paid off our mortgage. Through us. Through us, that was a fun day to burn that mortgage, wasn't it? God, God is big enough. We're debt-free, friends. 
Isn't that nice to be debt-free as a church? Praise the Lord. You'd say, I'd like to be debt-free at home. I'd like to pay off my house. God enabled us to do it as a church. Praise God. We don't owe anything on this building. And so now we can, we can move forward. So there, there is the need. You have this in front of you. Take this home. Over the next couple of weeks, pray. Well, I don't know where I'm going to get that kind of money. No, your, your job is to be like this widow. My job is to be like this widow. Lord, what do you want me to give? What do you want me to give? And I encourage all you as parents, talk about it with your kids and, and bring them along in this incredible faith journey as well. Now, on that day, on the back of your guide, on that day, there will be a pledge card. What's that? Well, maybe the Lord would have you to give in the offering, but say, you know what, over the next three months, I'm going to give this. So on that day, there will be those pledge cards available, and maybe that's, maybe that's the way. But let's, let's just do this. We're learning to pray. You, you have a relationship with God. Your relationship is not through me to God. You have a relationship with God, so can we all just commit to talk to God about this? Can we do that? Are you with me, church? All right, so let's just do that, and then let's honor him, and then let him take care of it. How about that? Does that sound like that's workable? And that, you know what? It's all according to what God has given, given to us. He's not asking you to give someone else's money. He's not asking you to give what you do not have. The widow gave all that she had. She gave of what she had. And let's just do the same thing. And so before we leave this morning, uh, brother, did you get the mic over there? Can you? Um, I, I, we'll have another testimony next week, but as I was coming out of two weeks ago, the message um, on Exodus 35 and 36, Mariah stopped me and says, Pastor, I got to tell you something, and I want her to tell you what she told me. So if you could just stand there and just share. Good morning. Is it on? Okay, yeah. Um, so, growing up, I always watched my dad tithe, and we struggled financially all the time, but God always made a way. And uh, in 2016, I became a single mother. I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> I worked three jobs, and I struggled on living paycheck to paycheck. And when I, I say I'm so broke. I lived with two roommates, and I shared a room with my son. I didn't have a car. I walked to places with him in a wagon. But that's the same year I started seeking God again, and I came back to church. And every time it was offering, my gut wrenched because I wanted to give, but I didn't know how. And uh, then it was missions week which is a soft spot for me, because as a kid, I loved missionaries. And something I've learned is just like tithing with missionaries, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to take that step of faith and just go for it, because God's in control. And these missionaries can't do it without churches like this. So I, uh, I just gave as much as I could, which is very, very little. It was like 10 bucks. And slowly after that, God started blessing me. And um, my great aunt Phyllis that I met maybe five times growing up happens to live here in Dayton. I don't have family down here. She gave me her vehicle. And then um, shortly after that, I received a, a double promotion at work where I was able just to work one job. And uh, 
it was my son was three when I got that job and every time I would get a promotion or a raise I would give more in tithe and uh, when he started preschool it was hard I was on call 24 7 at this job and I was able to you know eventually buy and afford my own apartment without roommates or anything I was so I was independent and God blessed me with the most amazing and selfless woman, Miss Mary Ingalls, who helped take care of my kid when I worked. Because there was days where I was working 16 hour shifts. And then in 2019, I felt God laying on my heart, it's time for a career change. And, um, and I was all for it because I felt like I was constantly having to choose between my son and my job even though I was financially stable. And uh, I had no clue what he wanted me to do at first. Insurance. I had no clue. I don't even, I had no idea how to handle insurance. I barely knew how it worked itself. But as pastor was saying, sometimes we gotta take that step of faith. And I did. And tell you what, I was so nervous. God calls us to come out of our comfort zones, just like tithing. And, uh, Sometimes we don't know what God has in plan. We just gotta take the step. So four months after I took this job is when the pandemic hit and restaurants were closing down. That's what I was doing. I was managing restaurants all over Ohio. Restaurants were closing down, child cares, schools. This insurance job allowed me to work from home. I had no clue that was gonna happen, but God did. And then, uh, Later that year, I also, oh, take a step back. When I took this job, I took a $20,000 decrease, but I didn't decrease the amount I was tithing. And uh, so at the end of 2019, God blessed me with being able to afford my own house. And I bought this house not knowing that I was gonna get married. I lost hope in that. And also, the time I bought the house was just a few months before inflation hit. Now, 10 months after I bought my house, I got married and we have a baby on the way. And since that time in 2016 to now, I've been able to more than triple my tithe. And I give it all to God. That story isn't uh, shared for a donor plaque. Uh, that that story is is shared. That's that's just a legit glory to God, and that's that's what we're talking about. I had no understanding all that God was doing in your life, and we're thankful to have um, Mariah and Dalton um, enjoy the marriage retreat yesterday with them uh, them uh, right beside us, and that was that was a blessing to see how God's working in in your all's life, but. Praise the Lord. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking And I, I, I trust that that story is repeated in here multiple, multiple ways, different ways. But um, all I'm asking you is just honor God. Honor God, and, uh, and he, will, he will take care. And so uh, with that, I want to stand and, and sing. We have tonight's service. Uh, 
846, little is much. Let's just finish out with that. Again, uh, we have tonight's service at 6 o'clock. So that's really the big announcement. Tonight's service is 6 o'clock, okay? 5.30 for prayer time. Gather right in here. 5.30. Let's stand. And if you are a guest with us this morning, we want to meet you. I'll be out by the Welcome Center. Please stop by and shake hands. Certainly love to greet you for a few moments. Someone else is talking. We'll, we'll finish talking and, and, and greet with you and look forward to that. Let's sing there. Uh, in the harvest field now ripen, there's a work. And again, I want you to lift it up. There's a, there, I want you to lift it up on that chorus, okay? Let's go together. In the harvest field now ripen, there's a work for all to do. That's us. Hark, the voice of God is calling to the harvest, calling you. Little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. All right, ladies, you don't want to miss the baby shower tonight for Miss Libby. And uh, you say, I'll be there. That's tonight, right after the service. And so you're going to have a wonderful time, honor this, uh, this young couple and encourage them in the Lord. And so right after the service. And guys, if you don't have something to do, we'll hang out. We'll figure out, we'll figure out food. We do things on the fly. Right? Spontaneous. Ladies will have it all planned out down there. We'll find a place to eat while they're doing that. And you ladies have a good time. That's tonight, 5.30 for prayer, 6 for the service, right after the service, the baby shower. God bless you. I hope to see you back tonight.